Welcome back to the Real Man Podcast, where we talk everything Brookwood sports. I'm Dylan. I'm Jackson. I'm John. And today we are joined by another special guest, the uh, the younger Bentley, Mr. Brooks Bentley. Hey guys, uh, thanks for having me. Good, yeah. Glad to have you. Hey, sir. So, Brooks, um, what were your thoughts on uh, last night's game against West Blockton? Um, well, West Blockton, they – I feel like they always give us a run for money. Um, they always compete with us. Uh, defense played phenomenal. Offense, we have a lot of things to work on. Um, it was hard getting stuff done on offense, but we'll get it. We'll get there. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I've always, I've always kind of seen West Blockton as a really like toss-up match. I know back in middle school, they were like one of those pushovers, or kind of like a Grove in a sense. Or it was like if we were going against Blockton, we kind of knew we were going to get a win. But then high school, it kind of changed. They started getting a lot of great players going to their high school. Kind of, kind of strange, you know. It's almost weird how they, you know, get so many great high school players and came from Brooklyn. I'm not, I'm not saying there's backstage recruiting happening, but I'm, yeah, I'm <laughs> um, either yeah, way though. Yeah, but Blockton's always been a really, really tough matchup, and um, I think a big story going into the game was was the was the the trench battle, and you know, obviously you play center, and I'm not sure. I mean, I, you probably practice some D line at practice. I know you did last year. Um, how do you how do you feel the uh, the trenches performed in this game? Seeing as I've always seen seen the Brookwood West Blockton matchup as a trench battle, really. Um. Well, from my from my viewpoint, uh, we got after it at some at some points. We gotta stay locked in. We can't be getting frustrated. Um, but West Blockton had some great back like linebacker flow. Uh, but other than that, I think most of the game we dominated up front. You think there was a lot of aggression? I know. I mean, it's a very emotional matchup. We have a lot of hatred between each other. There was a lot of talk between you know the Instagram accounts, which I want to get into later. But um, I know it was an, I know there was a lot of emotion going into that game between you know the rivalry. You think it was just a lot of aggression up front, a lot of like pent up anger, a lot of feud, like a lot of a lot of aggression. Yeah. We all let it loose up there. I um, I think that. Well, let's get. I'm going to talk about some negatives and some positives real quick about the O line D line. Some positives that I known or I saw is a bunch of pancakes, a bunch of syrup was eaten up on that field. Yeah, and amount, the amount of times okay, we were watching film and we saw like RJ just lay this dude out. We saw Will make kids fly. We saw Reed kill people. We saw you do whatever you needed it. Like everybody was doing jobs at points, but the weak side is people are mis it's misjudged assignments. And I think that that's always something that every team yeah. needs to work. It's not just Brookwood. Every team always has a misjudged assignment. Every team has something to work on, no matter how good, no matter how bad they are. I trust fully that this team could be could make a run in the pl- deep at playoffs. I think we could make a deep run in the playoffs, but we got to fix that little little misjudged assignment thing. That it's we, it's all know. the little errors. It's, it's a lot of the error, errors, like minute errors that did occur. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and you know, I don't. I it wasn't necessarily. You know, there was a lot of there was a lot of pancakes, but it seemed to be because you know when I saw a pancake, I would rewind it and play through the play, kind of figure out what was happening. I think it was more of everyone actually finished a play, which is really impressive. I think 
they you know they they didn't stop until the whistle was blown and the the drive really played through the entire play i think that's kind of what put other players you know on the ground and put them under under y'all's stomachs um how was that syrup though what, what, what brand do y'all have uh what kind is it i think it's i think it's just some dollar general brand good though uh, good syrup all brookwood stuff i mean good it soup. tastes amazing good soup <laughs> Dude, I wish we would have had that last year. That sounds sick. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I mean, the blocking, the blocking was good. I mean, it it, it was you know, we've always had the strength in our lines, our O line, D line, which I want to get in that D line later. That D line played phenomenal. Um, O line played well. There were I, I I did see back looking through the film and looking through that that live stream that um there were a lot of misjudged assignments. Uh, I think one notable play. Like maybe you you did great all night and your your snaps were really good. Like I didn't see, but maybe one, like off snap, in the in the in the live stream I watched. Whereas you know I saw blocked and it was it was a bad snap every other play. It was high or to the side. Um, I think there was one play where it just one player kind of just went completely unblocked and it led to a. I think it, I want I want to say it was it led to pressure that made uh, Jacob have to throw it away. Which thankfully didn't end in a pick or a fumble or a sack, but it led to pressure. Yeah. I'm not sure kind of what the assignment was there. Um, but I I I don't know. It was it was weird because the one of the one of the D line I think it was a it was a four D line up front went low on Will and Will grabbed him, and you kind of looked to the left. And I'm not sure if that was the actual blocking assignment or if the guy kind of just ran to your right. I, I'm not sure. Do you remember what play I was talk I'm talking about? It was in the uh, second quarter. Yes, I remember. It's um, it was a pass pro. Okay, I was gonna say, and it, it just kind of got misjudged. Yeah, it is. It is very fast paced. Um, with great like linebacker flow, it's very easy to to un- like mi- mistake your your assignments. Right. I'm assuming you were just you were kind of sealing the uh or double teaming with Will there. Uh, yes, I was helping Will looking for somebody and then they he cut our knees and we kind of yeah. shot back because i was just saying then i think the guard picked up a linebacker that was trying to blitz the b gap and then it kind of just left the a gap wide open on your right and then he kind of just went through and again thankfully it didn't end in a sack so it didn't i mean it was it was an incompletion but um i just did kind of want some a little insight there it it was again it, it happens to the best Absolutely. player and i i I do commend you for owning up to it because not a lot of players would own up to it. A lot of players would blame each other, but like Mark said last time, this play, this team is different, and y'all play together. Y'all own up to your mistakes and you move on. And for how that y'all are doing that, That's truly, true. my yeah, one of my I'll, favorite. And this might sound bad, but one of my favorite plays that game was when Kobe threw that pick, and after he threw it, he hauled and got yeah, him. He hauled like forty he yards to stop it at time. And it was the a amount, great defensive effort. The amount of heart and the amount of drive he had to go after he threw that pick. A lot of people would have gave up, not Kobe. Kobe sprinted and got him. You know, I like how Kobe this year is really kind of proving a lot of people different about how they thought about him the previous year. I'm just going to bring that up real quick. Yeah, I was going to say he didn't he didn't play phenomenal in that COVID year. Um, but I don't think many people played well in that COVID year. That was one of our worst years yet. And yeah, from, I don't think from that point, we've I, only I, gotten I, better I don't and better. Think we talk about that year. I think that year needs to be like shut away. <laughs> that year didn't exist. 
What do you What do you think about the um the the teamwork up front, BB? We uh we talked we talked to Mr. Mark about it last week about how this team is just truly playing together. It seems like they've been like way more tight knit than they have in the past. Seems like they're playing together rather than just for themselves. What are, What are you thinking about it? Well, this team, I feel we have a lot of chemistry. Um, a lot of this team is class of 2023, so we've played together our entire lives. We know each other. We know each other's family. We all hang out. Um, we love each other. It's, it's like uh, the bond that we have on in this team is truly amazing because uh, we will do anything for it, anyone. So I think that plays a major factor in the, in the game. For sure. Uh, I love that. I love that y'all are so together. And from from I can I can't think what I was gonna say. Well, That's, I was gonna, I was gonna ask this, Brooks. Um, I was just gonna. I mean, you know, because this happened a lot, and obviously, I'm, it's bringing up the injuries and all that. And I was just curious to know, since you're O line and all that, you know, for example, I'm just gonna bring up Will Sanders just because he was one of the O line and all that. His first thing that came to my head. With all the injuries that were occurring, how well do you think that Brooklyn handled all the amount of injuries and the amount of players that they did that kept coming off the field and having to be substituted in? Like, in your opinion, how do you feel about how they managed it? Uh, there were a lot of a lot of cramps that this game. Um, but like like Coach Bramble has always said, it it just comes like perseverance. Next man up, one goes down, next man's up. Um, so I think we handled it pretty well. We could have handled it a little better, but um, other than that, I think I think we handled it pretty well. How I mean, how do you feel about that depth? I mean, it seems like, I mean, it, obviously it sucks to lose your number one, like to injury or to cramps or to you know exhaustion. But how do you feel about the depth that we have, not only at line but just on the entire team? Where you know, there's a lot of players who could realistically play that number one slot. I saw I saw Zeke Tucker play a lot of that second quarter. Um, you know, Mason was a, Mason was a fill in for Ethan. Um, there was, you know, there were a lot of subs made and it, you know, they still, you guys still perform really well. Obviously Jay goes in for Kobe and both of them still play phenomenal. How do you feel about the depth on the team and how do you think that contributes to y'all's success this year? Uh, we have a lot of talented players. Um, but a lot of that depth is people that play both sides of the ball. So. Mm -hmm. We have to. We have. We we practice, and we made. We make substitutes in practice. We get them playing time, in case in case somebody gets hurt or in case somebody goes down to exhaustion. You have to. Like I think I think we have a lot of talented players to uh to put there. So I think we'll be pretty good on depth. Now my question is one injury that I noticed that he wasn't in the game. Where is Carson Acres? Um, Carson Acres uh, was sick. Oh okay, yeah. I know Bubba. Bubba did well. Bubba I'm happy. It well. Yeah, he did well. I, 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 I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up, but you know the players who have been going in have been playing at a high level, and it's it's really cool to see Bubba stepping up that way because I remember when Bubba first came here, he mascot in middle school to mm -hmm. linebacker on varsity. That's insane. And yeah, now time to time to move to. What I'm going to say the key player of that game was, I think, uh, or some of the key players, one player that I really noticed from that game, um, and we love to talk about him on here, is Reed. 
every single play I noticed him somewhere on that field. Well, from defense to offense to special teams, he was doing something. Like he the force fumble, the um chasing down people, getting those tackles, it's insane. And I, I don't is he is he like that at practice still? Is he just going just insane at practice? Or is it just like complete switch of gears? Ethan Reed at practice is a dog. I mean, he he forces us to practice our best or else he will make the rest of us look like fools. That make, I mean, that makes for a good on-field translation, though, right? So much. Yes. It's, it's a, I'm so glad we have Ethan Reed in this team. I was going to say, I mean, because previous years it almost seemed like practices were kind of like – no, not necessarily lazy, just more of, like, too laid back in a sense. Like, I feel like you guys needed someone to really push you guys to actually play like it is a real game and give you that real game feel. And do you feel like Ethan fills that role and gives you that? I think a lot of people fill that role. It's just Ethan – I think Ethan pushes his, his limit Who else our limits. Cool? I mean, I, 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 could, I could take some guesses. I mean, a lot of them are up front. Let's be real. I mean, I know – I know, like, the short amount of time Elijah played last year, we would run those two-on-one drills, and it, it, he would just get straight through us. It was kind of it was kind of like, golly. Mason was another one that practiced really hard last year. Um, give, give me some of the players that really made, make that practice way more intense than, say, last year or the year before. Kobe's a big factor. He, he, he makes sure everybody's doing the right thing. He pushes the line. Um, big Will. Uh, Mason, Clayton Godsey, Otis Sims, Matt Hughes, Andrew House. Um, those are just a few. I mean, there's there's several more. But those, those guys helped this team so much. Now, my biggest comparison to your interview style, Brooks, is just like Mac Jones when he joined the Pats. It's completely you just you just you're so zoned in you're just so zoned into the season that you're trying to you're keeping it as team as possible and not me as possible and I love that that's sick. You know what? I want to put you on spot here. I want to put you on spot because I, I can kind of segue from that. I had this question in mind. The O line is phenomenal. There's no question about that. Y'all's depth is insane. Y'all have probably eight or nine people that could play a number one spot in that, you know, on that line. Right. So Absolutely. it's hard for us. Cause we, we talk about it a lot. We talk about, you know, defenses and defensive and offensive leaders. Obviously, you know, last week I mentioned probably three or four players on that line specifically that I like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know who the offensive leader for that line is. Outside of your the receivers, the running backs, and the quarterbacks, up front, who is that like who is that leader? Who's the one calling out the plays? Who's the one calling out the defensive formation? In other words, who do you think is one of the smartest on the line that really gets it done? And, like and gets it gets you guys in the right spot? Um, well, coaches put that responsibility on me, but my other linemen have have helped have take, taken that so much responsibility off. So Big Will, he calls out the plays. He he talks to Ethan Reed, like, hey, you got my back. I got your back. Let's go. Let's rock and roll. Trent, he's over there. He's he's calling out backers that walk down outside. Um, Mason, he's always hyping us up in the huddle. So there's not really one leader on the line. We're all leaders. 
RJ has stepped up in a huge role. We we lost our we lost the left tackle. Now he's starting nose and left tackle. Um, he, who was the he, who was the left tackle you lost? Uh, well, Zeke Tucker was out for a concussion. Um, oh, okay. And so he came back, but he hasn't been get he he didn't get a lot of practice reps because he had a concussion. So uh, RJ Price had to step up in that role, and he's been handling it amazing. So there's not one leader that I can really name out because everybody everybody helps everybody so much. Now we didn't see a ton of injury at Holt. I mean, it, it, it. I don't. I don't remember many players really coming out of the game from our from our team at least. I saw a lot of you know Holt players cramping, obviously because you guys were giving them a rough time. Um, I know. I noticed a lot more people went down this week. You know, I was sitting there texting Jackson. I was at work trying to trying to like get filled in on the game. And he's like, Kawan's down. Otis is down. And I'm like, Golly, how many people were we gonna lose? How how do you think? Because obviously we've seen a lot less injury this year than we saw last year. It seemed like every week we were down a big starter. Pat was injured a lot. Uh, Landon was out for a good couple weeks. Uh, you know Xander was getting chop blocked a lot, getting hurt. It, Will was getting hurt a lot from chop blocks. Um, how do how do you think? How do you think the team really has got? Hmm, how am I trying to frame this question? How do you think injury has really played into? into making the team better this year and, you know, how, how little of it has happened? Um, well, I think that we have been taught to protect ourselves better. Um, so, but, but against Blockton, we just weren't hydrated. Everybody was catching cramps. Everybody was overheating. It was a very humid game, but you have to prepare yourself for that. But we did not, and uh, we will now start doing that. Um, but, yeah, I just think we've been – taught to protect ourselves better in game and in practice. You're thinking more pickle juice shots? Bring in, uh, bring Coach, in more pickle juice, Coach bring in Greg, more Gatorade? Coach Gregg has texted us. He said um, after every practice he will have a banana and a uh, Pedialyte for us after every practice. Oh, and after great. every drive, uh, we have to go to him and get a pickle, pickle juice shot. See, I, um, I wouldn't survive. I hate pickles. That, that would suck for me. I hate pickles. I hate pickles. I hate pickles. I hate pickles. You have to like. I live off of pickles. See, I, I can't uh, do it. I, I work at Chick Fil A, and I still can't do pickles. <laughs> that is so good. Oh, can't can't stand them. I do want to move on from the offense side of the ball and go to the defense because Absolutely. we've been on the offense for a bit. Now with the defense, like we said, they showed out very, very not just by Brookwood, but by West Blockton as well. Very defensive, very defensive tight game, as I would say. Um. Now we, there was a not a lot of turnovers as you would expect. You know, we're supposed to have a couple of fumbles, but they recovered it. Brookwood had an interception. Maybe a did Brookwood have a fumble? I think so, right? Maybe. Uh, no. I don't, I don't remember. No. They didn't. There was okay. A, there was an interception. No, there was not a fumble. Okay, so there was Brookwood only had one turnover, which is. The I still think. That was that, yeah, especially I, I compared to last year, the amount of fumbles we had last year is, compared that, to this year was a, was the worst. Well, this year's a lot that, better, honestly. One of those one of those games I'm going to give credit for, Gulf Shores. That game was a very wet game, and yeah. it, it's very hard to like get the ball up when the ball's constantly wet. I was going to say it's been a very wet week. How did how did that help you guys practice for uh practice for the game? Um, coach, so we were inside Monday. Because right. we watched film, we went we went to the field house and 
and he was like, all right, we're going to go to the gym and practice. Thursday, we were outside, um, very slippery, very wet, but he was getting us ready for Friday because we knew it would be very slippery and wet. Uh, Wednesday, we were outside, um, same conditions. It started raining during practice, just another just another obstacle we had to overcome. Um, and then Thursday, we were outside just as a walkthrough, and then Friday. Yeah, that, that humidity was not fun. I was I was having to work in it, and it was also killing me. And I'm I'm just walking from inside to outside over and over, trying to trying to unload the food truck. And it was um it was pretty bad. Like I was sweating pretty bad. I couldn't imagine how bad it was for y'all. And a yeah, full pads and like uniforms. Yeah, I think there was a total of at least just two players who ended up getting taken out for heat exhaustion. Yeah, do you remember how many players got brought out for exhaustion? I know I know Otis got brought out for exhaustion. They were also Ethan was um, close to. It, he told me. Um, uh, Will Sanders was actually, he Will said, um, yeah, he said that he had a little bit of, he was lightheaded and dizzy and like, couldn't see straight. And he was very, just, he, he was on the verge of a heat, exa- a heat stroke or heat exhaustion, but he was taken out a lot for that. I've seen Will collapse before. So I think that he knew when to stop now. That's good. He's got to protect himself. I mean, he's a, he's a young stud. Thing was, he, he was taken off the field um, at the end. He wasn't even on the field during the alma mater or anything like that. Now, one of the players who did play through exhaustion, Ethan Reed, obviously we talked a lot about him and how well he's played, especially a, a new position at guard, a very technical position, which is good for him. I think it boosts his football IQ, which I think he lacked a lot last year. As a great friend of his, I can kind of say he played really stupid last year. He played hard, but he played stupid. I think this year he's really stepped up his IQ and stepped up his game, um, and that's translated on the field. In um, that that come, you know, he was making a lot of plays, but I don't think necessarily he's the only defensive player that made a lot of plays that game. I think the entire defense played really, really well. The secondary played well. Obviously, you know, we'll talk about Andrew House and his um his final pick to end the game. Um, Elijah Holloway absolutely just busted through that line. What what were your thoughts sitting on the sideline seeing – I'm not sure if you watched the O-line or D-line during the play, but um, what were your thoughts on Elijah just getting through every single block that was put on him? Elijah's fast. He He's insanely fast. Very hard to get your hands on him because he, he sees the ball, he sees the ball move, and he's already through the line. Um, I was going to say, he's tough did, for you, right? You play center, so. Yeah, speed kills. Um, he also is a very hard hitter. He doesn't go down very easy. He's just a dog on the field. He he does he doesn't give up. Um, so he really he really helped on help that D line out. Really gave O line problem. Right, and you know I don't I think a lot of that too. It's uh he, he was getting through the line. Mason was doing well. Uh, Antoine was getting off of blocks, which is great to hear. Um, I think uh, another another under under talked about area on, uh, on that defense is definitely the edge defenders. Obviously, you know, Carson Akers being down, that really sucks, seeing as he's our lead edge defender. And he's a very smart, extremely smart player. I love Carson Akers. He's really good. Um, but Bubba McKeever and Max Williams both just played a phenomenal game at edge. It's just the only problem is that they were in position a lot, I noticed. I mean, they, they were in position. They're running to the play. It ended up being a run. They lose their footing. They fall on the ground. Ball's up the middle already, five yards. Yeah, I was going to admit, that's one thing that me and Brandon got talking about during the halftime, is they were kind of, 
defensively, defensive line, they would I would admit they were getting back there pretty fast, and I was really shocked and I was really proud of uh, the line for doing that. But the one thing that they didn't got to line. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, most of some of the linebackers too. But what I was saying was mainly what me and Brandon were talking about was we noticed that when you, when the line would get back there, they wouldn't box in the running back and keep him from limiting his options. Because like sometimes like he'd have his run would be to the outside, you know, he would see that and then somehow and then right up the middle it was an open field and he would get you know five maybe ten yards out of it if not more. And that's one thing that we brought up that was kind of really kind of making Brookwood struggle defensively is the back, the fact that when they'd run it sometimes the old D line now not all the time but just sometimes the D line just was struggling to keep the running back boxed in and you know would give up too many too many run plays that you know kind of nearly killed us in the game. See, now I kind of saw the opposite. When I'm watching back on film, I see what you mean. However, West Blockton's always been really known for their um, their run offense. Obviously, they had Austin Battles, which was a huge factor, and they had a, a phenomenal O-line. They still do have a phenomenal O-line. Um, but the, their, their running back's ability to see the hole and see the, see the gap is yeah. insane. It's something that any running back wishes they had. Um, and a lot of times, I think I think you'd see on film – his original hole was blocked up, either by an outside linebacker or or uh, uh, an end, just you know sealing the gap really well, and he would bounce it to another gap. However, when they bounce it to another gap, they have to completely change their mindset, completely change their footing, and in that you need to make the play there. That is where I saw Max Williams a lot. That's where I saw Bubba McKeever a lot. They were in position to make those plays, and they would lose their footing. Or they they wouldn't you know they wouldn't either they either wouldn't break down early enough or they wouldn't finish the play and like go straight to the straight to contact, um, and they would end up missing the play. It would go through, and then obviously the you know a casual watcher would be like, oh Ethan Reed made the play again. That's awesome, but I think yeah. Ethan's set up to make those plays as well. I'm not saying it, it you know that that sets up for a lot of tackles and he makes those tackles, which is phenomenal by him. He barely gets you know I don't think he really ever gets broken off. Um, and if he does get broken off, you know, he's he's chasing them downfield and he gets them later on. But I think the edge and the D-line definitely, definitely put Ethan in position to make a lot of plays this game. Um, and I think, you know, I think uh, on the defensive front, everyone played well. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of misplays I saw on defense. But there were, you know, there were just a couple where people wouldn't wouldn't break down or wouldn't just like, you know, just boom the player and go straight yeah. to it. It was just a lot of like individual mistakes and, and uh, just errors that would occur. But you know, Max did great through contact though. The running back would go and try yeah. and block him. He'd get too low. He'd you know he'd rip through it. He'd be on the play again. The tackling, some of the tackling was pretty good as well. The tackling was great. The tackling has been now, so much one, better. One person I think that did really good this game, and I know he only you know went out in the field twice, but Logan Reese making both those field goals, I feel I like. Pretty clutch. You How does know, that feel for you, Brooks? I mean, you get you get to you get to protect him and make sure he doesn't die on the kick. How how did it make you feel to see Bro- uh, see Logan step up and pretty much win the game for us with that with that extra point? Um, yeah, special teams is a, is a huge factor in football. It's a, it's underrated. Um, Logan Reese, I'm glad to see that all his effort and practice and dedication has 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 been paying off. Uh, I, I love being on extra point field goal because um, we all work as one, and then 
he delivers. He, he puts the cherry on top. Um, I love Logan Reese. Uh, he he works so hard. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, um. I was go ahead, Jackson. <laughs> I didn't know if you had anything because I had a question. I after don't. You. I don't. I'm sorry. Okay. So so let me ask this. Kind of going a little more lighthearted here uh, before we get into maybe another serious topic. Um, the there's been a lot of talk. Uh, not not only behind you know Brooklyn's success. There's been a lot of trash talk that's gone on, especially on social media. Um, it seems as if there has been a new Brookwood Barstool account that's popped up. What are your thoughts, and who are your predictions for who the runner of the account is? Um, my thoughts. Sorry. Uh, sorry. My fault. My thoughts are. Um, I personally think that that account is hilarious. I, 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 me and my friends have been trying to figure out who it is because he has not missed once. Um. <laughs> He, I, I get excited when I see he has a new post. Once again, I have no clue who it is. I texted him one time. He just he he said, uh, "Brookwood Barstool." Um, and so I think he's hilarious. Yeah, I I, I made a meme uh, while we were waiting to do stuff at work one day, and I sent it to him, and he didn't post it. I'm kind of sad because it it made a lot of sense. Um. But the, the the account's really funny, and I want to know who runs it because their sense of humor is great and their comebacks are great. Obviously, those blocking kids are really, really pressed it in, in the comments. And my he, he prediction, just had a comeback. I, have a, I think I have a prediction. I think it's the Donaldsons. I think that they're secretly hiding it. It just you seems think? like a very Donaldson thing to do. Yeah, I think it's Jonas and Gehrig. I don't know. I honestly don't have a prediction for who it can be. My like, reasoning is Garrick's really good with technology because of his years of mass media. Plus, he's a comedian, and Jonas kind of runs off that too. Jonas really, Jonas is really funny. So I feel like, you know, I feel like it's kind of like that. My only other prediction would be like Thatcher, but Thatcher's not a sports guy. Yeah, Thatcher's not a sports guy. So it, I, I see Garrick. It's really funny because that um the the post they made for football was really funny. But then the post they made for volleyball, it was hilarious. You just lost to Elsa and the squad. Um, like a, like a no. sports page and not like a, just football. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. No, I, I, I like I like the uh, I like how the students are taking taking notes of the football team, and especially a lot of the sports this year. I think that's something we lacked a lot is, uh, you know, student student. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? student activity where they, they kind of just didn't really invest in the team. Didn't want to invest in uh, the sport, but now this year it seems like a lot of, a lot of students are really getting involved. Um, it just sucks though, because you know, we, we got fined for the uh, student section last year. Did you know that Brooks? Um, for what? The, uh, the, the entire student section got fined. Like we, or the sports like in general got fined. Uh, I think soccer, and football both got fined because of the student section and that metal sign. The metal sign they banged and got like shrapnel all over the field. Ended oh. up getting the the school fined, which was really bad. I think that's funny. That's awesome. That our we were, I love our I love the fans. 
We were fine because we were too good at supporting our teams. Yeah. I, I love how um some of like how they're not allowed to technically or I remember uh, the game against Holt, they they weren't allowed to like use any water bottles or anything like that and spray water everywhere and they still would. Yeah, what's like, what, what's it, your thoughts on that, Hayden? Cuz last year it was really it was really controversial amongst our, our senior class at least. It was really controversial once um Hubbard banned the uh, the baby powder and the powder rockets because yeah, I, quote it was getting all over the band and the instruments. As a band player, what were your thoughts? I was at the top, so honestly, I, that was just that's the, <laughs> that's the flutes and clarinets. We don't, as a low brass person, we didn't care for the flutes and fl- clarinets. I'm, I mean, I had nothing to do with it at all. I was fine with it, perfectly fine with it. But in the context of that, though, is that um, I guess because flutes and clarinets do have some sort of like padding in them and with water, it can cause damage to the instrument stuff. I guess that was the problem. I honestly never knew the band complained about it. I thought it was just uh, some of the parents and the fans. I got you. Um, But I one of my favorite things about last year is whenever one of the play whenever one of the um. Just any of the West Boston kids would look over at Brookwood's fan section. Somebody would be there with a metal rod, just banging on the thing, just to just like annoying. Like battles stared at the thing, and everybody starts banging on the thing. It's like a few battles, yeah, just screaming. I mean, obviously, me and Jax could talk about how um how the student section really helps to like improve play and really improve morale when on the field. So can the well, let's, let, I want I want your opinion on that, Brooks. How do you how do you think the student section really feeds into team success? Um, well, yesterday there was a huge turnout at Blockton, um, and there the bleachers were packed. The, the the behind the fence on the concrete was packed, but the energy that they brought yesterday was unmatchable. Um, and a lot of people don't understand that us players it helps a lot. Like we feed off of their energy when they're loud, it gives us a Kind of like a second second wind. Um, it makes us push harder, uh, but I don't think a lot of people understand that. Um, but having having a lot of energy from the fans and from the team makes a huge impact. I gotcha. So, um, tr- segueing back into the game, and then especially, I'm I'm gonna ask you about next game here in a minute. Um. I saw I saw a lot of uh, physicality issues up front, or not up front, but uh, on the entire team. Really, you know, uh, I noticed Matt Hughes took a step up and actually played on offense this week, which was a phenomenal a phenomenal place for him to be. I'm glad he's really becoming, you know, one of one of the number ones and is going one of the, like the standout players on the team. But um, I, I did notice a lot of physicality issues. Like I noticed on a there was a an outside run. No, 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 no. It was a uh, yeah, no, it was an outside run, I'm pretty sure. And he kind of Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. It was a screen to Otis. And Otis turns to go upfield and Matt kind of just misses his block. Like he just kind of it, it almost like it almost seemed like he just didn't even want to make the play. Um, but I noticed that a lot from a lot of players. Like it wasn't just him. It was just the one play I noticed and I started paying attention to him. I'm like, yeah, there was there was there's a missed block here. Or you know, there's a there's a not finished play here. Um what what is your take on on the team? You know, wanting to get physical and physical each week, and how do you think? How do you think you're going to have to, you know, prepare the team to get even better and better in that front? Um, 
I think we with the way we practice, um, a lot of contact. But uh, I think I think everybody can. Man, hold on. You're good. It was a, it was a loaded question. Uh, yeah, I'd have to say everybody everybody makes mistakes. You only get one chance in the football field. But um, the way Coach Graham has been talking to us, it's next play. Win the next play. Win the next play. So if something goes wrong, win the next play. So I think as long as we have that mentality, we'll be set for the set for the season. Who are you, who are you yeah. excited to keep seeing progress through the season and especially their future? Obviously, you know I, I graduated last year, but I, I do want to stay with the team for maybe a year or two more, kind of see how you know my my uh, my younger friends progress and get better and better. Who who is one player that you could? Or one or two players that you could really point out that you're excited to see their progression through the season or uh, future seasons. Um, I, I've, I've, I didn't really know this this person, but um, freshman running back Kawan Johnson, for sure, he has stepped up and he has so much talent. Um, I just can't wait to see see him in in the next future years and in the future season. Um. I love this. I, I I'd love to see the comparison from first from Holt game to to whenever our last game is. Um, but that's just one. And then my other one, uh, I'd have to say number three, Jacob Rowe. Mm. He already has a lot of lot of talent. Um, I'm sure he he has a lot more in the tank. Uh, he just has to dig deep and find it, put some more work in. He's putting a lot of work by himself. But uh, yeah, the the. It seemed like the mm-hmm. offense was really like getting more and more confident this week. Last, you know, last week it, it got the job done. Especially the defense got the job done. But um, the offense got the job done and you know drive drive the runs downfield. Took a couple chances up top. But it seemed like this week we were getting more and more confident with our passes. Obviously, our two scores came from passes. One being a slant to Otis, which was a beautiful, beautiful play that ended up breaking like three or four tackles, and he just sprinted downfield. Um, and then the other one coming from a 50-50 lob ball to a Timbo in the back of the end zone. Um, but I mean, uh, obviously, you know, the, the offense has expanded. Do you, do you see the same thing or do you see the same offense that we put out on week one? Um, I see, I see an offense that has a lot more to, to prove, um, so I see that I see an offense that that came out like week one. Uh, we just have a lot to work on. Um, like like I said earlier, Blockton always gives a a great physicality um, opponent to Brookwood. Uh, they always study our firm really well. Um, but yeah, what do you think, Jackson? I, I I saw a team that was way more confident in their quarterback and actually wanted to take some chances on throws rather than maybe playing it. "Quote unquote safe on runs." I do. I do think Brookwood's come a long way from like running to trusting their quarterbacks more, especially with the new quarterbacks. Because back with Armstrong was really the last time we trusted QB to throw it like that. His best game was against West Blocked and Armstrong. He threw for like three hundred yards, and we had, of course, we had Kobe or. 11th grade year, but we don't talk – my 11th grade year, COVID year, we don't talk about that. But Jake, he was built to run, and that was a completely different offense. But this year, 
we can choose to hand off the ball or we could throw it and we can trust those QBs to make those throws and they make those throws. They're not going to try to play hero ball. They're going to make the throws that need to be made. And I, 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 that throw to Timbo that Raul made, excellent placement right into his hands. That throw to Otis, that slant to Otis, you know, it might just been a tiny little slant and Otis did the rest, but it still was a great play. Perfectly placed in his hands. I, I trust these quarterbacks to make the plays that need to be made. And I have one last question, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of running out of time here. Um, how prepared do you think Brookwood is for next Friday? Because we face possibly what I think is the toughest team on our schedule. I mean, it's, it's going to be a big prover for us. Brooks? Um, I think... I think if if we practice the way that we can to our best ability um I th- and if we go in there I think we have the most momentum we've had in the past 10 years at Brookwood. Uh yeah. we we're 2 and 0. I mean both of those games are in the past. They're they're we don't I don't really like to talk about them now. Um it's on to the next week. Uh I think if we practice to our best ability, we can we can defeat Huey Town. Um they are a great team. They are zero and two. Uh, but yeah, I think I think if if everybody practices amazing, just like the way we can, if everybody has that locks in and and has that focus and and doesn't worry about the West Blockton game, we'll, we'll be just fine. And I agree um, with that a lot too, because if like I said, and I basically everything you said, I agree with. It's just like you know, the players if they can fix and work on their on the minute mistakes that were made in the previous game, there is a possible chance, and I agree that Brookwood will probably could stand out and put and put up a fight that, and just you know, even though it's a tough team, and just be able to actually if they just fix those little mistakes, Brookwood, I could see putting up a very good and entertaining game is what I is the way I'd like to put it for the now, fans my, and everyone else. One of my favorite Brambit lines that I saw after the West Boxing game was, we needed this game to happen. We didn't want it to, but we needed it to. I think that this game was more of a settle-down Brookwood. We now have competition. Cause I, we can admit, we can all sit here and say that Holt was... Kind of a pushover. A preschool team. It was a preschool team. It, we we weren't really playing against an actual team out there, and then we go to West Blockton and we're playing an actual team. These guys are hitting hard, physical, and we're hitting back, punching them in the mouth, and I think that's great. Yeah, and uh, Tide. Oh, I'm sorry, Dylan. Go ahead. No, you're right. Uh, well, Tide 100.9. Um, there's a quote that they that they got out of Bramlett, and I was just gonna read it just because you know. Right, we're on that topic of some of the things that some of the coaches said. And I just wanted to get y'all's opinion on it. Is He said, we learned a ton of lessons tonight. Our defense got after it and played really, really well. Offensively, we didn't execute at all, but our defense played their tails off. Our defensive coaches coached their tails off. They competed, and they found a way to win the game. And at the end of the day, that's what it all comes down to. Right. I don't know. I mean, Huey Town's always just been insane. You know, it's it's uh it's a school for that Jameis Winston came from. So you know their their talent's proven. I mean, they they have they have players who just 
go go D one every year, go D two every year, and you know it, it, it. The trend isn't stopping. You know they they have a great team, they have a beautiful stadium, you know they 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 have a great coaching staff, but I think realistically, you know even last year we had where everyone everyone thought McAdoo was a blowout, which it was. It was forty to six last year. However, the coach afterwards, a little intel that you know Bramlett gave us. The coach texted him afterwards and said, "What team did you just put out there? That Brookwood team is not a team that we faced in the past. Like that team was something special. And I think it's only improved this year. Obviously, we've seen, you know, Holt, Holt was a great confidence builder to go into the season, and then Blockton was our prove it game. Blockton was, hey, that wasn't a fluke. We can do that to good teams, and we did. We did that to a great team. Um, and now, you know, we go into area play with a with a newfound confidence that." Hey, maybe we can beat these Titans, you know? Like uh people people were quick to count us out against Hueytown. People were quick to count us out against, you know, Hillcrest. People were even quick to count us out against Northridge last year. However, that's why I like that quote that Jackson brought up is, you know, the whole game was a game to build our confidence. And this is the way I look at that quote. The game was to, the whole game was to build our confidence. But the West Blockton game was for us to realize don't let too much don't let too much of a victory get to your head. Understand play in the moment and just, you know, play through until the game is done. That's the way I see the quote is it just prove it just shows how, you know, you can play like this and you can win against teams like this, but you understand there's more harder teams that you're gonna have to face against. So you don't need to think that you can come in and just win because you won a game before. And that's where playing together comes into play. I agree. If you play together and you play physical and you play hard. You can beat any team that's put on that field. And I feel like this team this year has the best chance of beating Huey Town than recent years. I mean, all you got to do, all you got to do is go out there and punch them in the mouth and make them regret they played the Panthers. Yeah. And Brookwood, the, the thing is, Brookwood, this is the first time Brookwood has gone 0 and, or 2 and 0 in eight years. And that was in 2014. Granted, they made the playoffs a year, but we're not going to go ahead and get. We're not going to get ahead of that. But just you know, it's been eight years since Brookwood's been two and zero. So I agree a lot, and it's just you know, for us to be at two and zero, and it's been that long. It just I and like I said, I agree. It really shows that this team's working together and and trying and is trying to build and make a better team than what you've seen in the past. Now, Brooks. Um, obviously, again, like I said, Hueytown is easily our toughest matchup on our, on our, on our schedule, right? You know, Hillcrest, people are like, oh, well, it's, it's Hillcrest. Yeah, Hillcrest is good, but Hueytown's Hueytown. Hueytown, although Hillcrest has more proven talent and they're, you know, they have players who are ranked highly on the Alabama leaderboards, it seems as if we, we get within a competing chance of them every year. Hueytown last year was a complete blowout and a complete domination up front. It was a complete domination tackling. We just didn't want to tackle. Where do you think we can make the biggest improvement in terms of last year's game that we played against them in this year's game? And how do you think what what area do you think is going to be need to fix the the most to see some success against QE Town this year? Defensively, they're they're amazing. Um, I'm going to have to say this this offensive line. This week, I think we we are going to mainly focus on punishing the person in front of us. Um, 
like Jackson said, making them regret playing the Panthers. Uh, so I think, I mean, the game always starts up front. That's what the coaches always tell us. You win or lose games up front. Um, so I think that this offensive line, we're, we already have, have proved stuff, but there's, you can always, you can always prove and, and, and do better. Um, so I think this offensive line will definitely get better and, and show Hueytown what, uh, Brookwood can do. And, you know, I, I want to stress to, you know, people who are listening, especially, especially maybe, maybe people who don't, who don't expect Brooklyn to win? There realistically is a chance that we beat Huey, uh, Huey Town this Friday. Yeah, they There's did a, go and my in my opinion, it's not a high chance. It's not. No, they no. they have a great team. You know, they have a great program there. It's not a high chance, but there is a chance either way. And if you know, if for some reason it does end up in a, in a loss, don't count Brookwood out yet. It's not over. It's our first area game. Obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of tension and nerve going into this first area game. We have a we have a lot of uh, expectation too. You know, we want to hold on to that undefeated record. But I want to stress, if for some reason it ends in a loss, it's not over yet. We have plenty of teams on our schedule that we can beat. I've always said Hillcrest has possibility to upset. We absolutely have the ability to upset Hillcrest. We were in the game in the first quarter last year against Hillcrest. It fell apart because of uh, turnovers. We have limited turnovers this year. We limited turnovers against one of our physical and one of the most physical teams on our roster, which is West Blockton. We limited it this year. The snaps were beautiful. Great job, BB. Um, there was not there. There weren't any like game changing interceptions thrown. You know, um, defense is getting the job done. Offense is getting the job done. If we stay in the game the entire game against Hueytown and, and not give up, keep driving the ball and don't turn it over, we can keep it close. Or we can win it. I, you know, I, I see it as that. And I, you know, it, if for some reason it ends in a loss, there it absolutely is not the end. It's not the end of the season. We have so many more games to go, and I want, I want the, I want the student section, and I want, you know, the parents and the fans and you know the graduates to keep coming back, keep believing in Brookwood. One loss doesn't change anything. That's how it was last year. Our first game was, you know, it, it was a loss. It was it was a pretty bad loss. It was like twenty one to forty or something like that, right? But it seemed like the the attendance went down so much, and it was like, well, what what are we doing, guys? I mean, yeah, we lost one game. That's one game. Move on next week. Come back. Keep giving us the support. You know, just you know, we we started two and zero. Don't you know? We we've shown we've shown strides this year. We're showing that we're getting better. Don't give up on Brookwood yet. Don't give up on Brookwood at all. And I think that's something that really needs to be stressed. Um, you know, it's football. Things happen. You know, one oh, play yeah. can change a game. I agree with that a lot because it's just, you know, like you said, it's just, it's not, the season's not over just because of one loss. I mean, you've got week after week to go through. I mean, not everything, nothing, yeah, things can change. I mean, obviously, as Brookwood's showing, I mean, things can change. And like I you think, said, I, like, yeah, I, I agree. I think we have a fighting chance against Hueytown. Yeah, I agree. So, all right, um, we just have to see how it ends up there. It's it's been I I honestly just really quick want to take a second to go away from just football and thank everybody who has been listening. This yes, agreed. I wanted uh, to do this podcast for a while, 
and it was I kind of wanted to do it last year, but never really got it kicked off. And it's it's really cool to know that people are listening to just a couple of dumb kids talking about Brookwood football. Bro, you were yeah. you were a fan of the po- the podcast, right? You were listening to it. I I am a fan of the podcast. Um, I I listen to every every single episode so far. Which one was your favorite? I like out of, out of the few. I like two or three. I gotcha. That's because I was there. Just not to flex anything. I was gonna say, and I'm I'm shocked <laughs> people even listen to the first one. Um, give me the intel. Who else listens to it? I know I, I know you listen to it. I know your dad listened to it. But um, I've been interested because we can't. You know, we can't see who listens to it. We see a lot of downloads. But we can't see who listens to it. Um, I know, you know my. My my parents. Uh, I have told a lot of people about the podcast. Um, I know this one person. His name is Tom Bailey. Mm-hmm. I personally have never met him. I don't really know what he looks yeah, I know like. Who he is. Uh, he sounds very enthusiastic about this podcast, and I'm, I'm I really I really like this podcast. He seems like he really likes the podcast, and. I just say keep on keep on doing it. Um because it's amazing, no matter what anybody says. Y'all should start listening to it on game days. I'm just saying, whenever whenever, you know, whenever you guys are getting zoned in on the locker room, you guys should throw it on there instead of a movie, throw on the podcast and listen to it. Just a couple like of bench warmers and Brooks Bentley just talking about some Brookwood football. And then you got me who's never even played Brookwood football, but it knows from Paul at least. So. You're in the band. You you helped enough. Yeah, you oh, helped enough. Yeah. You got more playing time than I did. I think you know, I, <laughs> I think that's a great reason why our team is just so good. The band the band is phenomenal. We have one of the best bands in all of Alabama. Dude, somebody gets hurt. You just got the band playing to anyone who got mad about that, we we I, last night when someone one of the West Blockton players got injured, we were already playing game day. And just yeah, you are playing injured. Green Day while all the West Blockton kids are hurt. And I was, I, was I, I felt so bad for that. And I, I, to anyone who was mad about that, we are sorry. It, I'm not mad. I was laughing. <laughs> I thought that was funny. It would caught well, me I'm off guard. To, I'm just talking about to anyone else who is listening. I mean, we, we were in the middle of we playing. We see some killers on the field, but let's be real. Now, the most savage players are those cheerleaders. Whenever, uh, you know, go, going through the the B R double O K. Whenever, whenever a player's on the ground holding their ACL in pure pain. Yeah. They um, um, when we get later on to later episodes when we talk about other teams, there's gonna be a bunch more stories that we got to tell. Um, I don't think there's much we got to say about Hueytown because last. There was yeah. just a bunch of emotions. Yeah, um, Hueytown was kind of like a. It was it was almost it was almost a reality setter last year, in that, a lot of the players kind of knew what the season was gonna end up being. Hueytown was we a were, big reminder that our team wasn't ready last year. We were like only we, we could have, and I know we were like thirteen points within, or what was it, eighteen, nineteen, Brooks? I remember, yeah. uh, 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 what's his name? Are you talking about Hubie Town? No, 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 no. It was uh. Oh. Why can't I think of the coach's name? He anyways. He was saying we were like like nineteen points from playoffs. Twenty. Twenty. Yeah. And although like we were within twenty points, but it was like we would have had to pull off a really big upset. 
Like, I mean, realistically, you know, we we uh, we could have beat Bryant. We beat Bessemer City. And, it, you know, it would have came down to beating Northridge, really. Now, Bryant's a rough – is going to be a rough one to talk about. And, Brooks, this is my last question for you. Out of all the players, who do you think is going to be the best to bring up? And who do you think we could bring up for the next podcast? Call him out. Hmm. <laughs> um, I've had a couple ideas. There's a couple. Yeah, there's a couple. Uh, there's always Rao. There's Kobe. There's Big Will. Um, yep. There's defensively-wise, ask Ethan Reed, um, Andrew House. I've, I brought up both of those as well. Okay. Um, so, C. Jackson, I'm telling you. I can't bring Reed. Okay, so – uh, I've said it last time, and I'll say it again. My only problem with bringing in Reed is he's very uncensored, and you don't know what he's gonna say. All right, I can we'll try this next to. game. I can try this next game to talk to him about that, and like you know, see if he can. Go. All right. I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him. We'll be good. If right. I get Reed on here, I, I want to do a double one with House. I feel like that would be fun. No, so I mean, so here, here was my thing, Brooks. I brought up the idea that there are players that need to be brought on with another person to really bring out the true personality. I said, if we're bringing on House, we should bring on, we should bring on like Micah Adam. or Clayton. If we're bringing on Ethan, bring him, bring him solo. And then I brought up this one that I really like, and this would bring you back for an episode, BB. I want to see Trent on the podcast. I, I love <laughs> Trent, and he would gr- he would give some great answers. But if we bring Trent, I want to bring you too, because y'all's chemistry would be great for the podcast. We are a dynamic duo. Absolutely. <laughs> Yes, sir. Love, I love that picture, bro. I, I remember you talking about that, that you were going to do the pancake thing. I love it. And I thought it was I wish we had more. I wish we had more props for last year. Last year's pure game stuff would have been so much better. I, um, but I don't, we don't have a lot of time left. And mm-hmm. Brooks, again, thank you for joining us. Brooks. Yes. And for anyone listening at home, please, please hit us up on our social medias and let us know who you want to see on the podcast. We will do our best to get them on. Um, we have a couple people lined up where, uh, or ideas circling rather. Um, but we want to know who you guys want to hear on the podcast and, uh, who you want to get some intel on. Boy, though, we are out of time. Thank you very much. We for are. On. Well, thank y'all for having me. It was a blast. We were glad to have you. Good luck this Friday. Good luck. Um, I, I want to, I, I'm, I'm hoping you guys come out with a win here. It, it would be, it would be a monumental success for us. It's it was it's been awesome. Um, thanks to Dylan, thanks to Hayden for joining me, and again thanks to Brooks. I'm Jackson signing off the Real Men Podcast.